Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast. And today I have Avery Robertson. We have Avery Robertson from The Voice on the Unimpressed Podcast today. Recently hooked up with Bang Productions, putting a tour together, developing some music. Welcome, Avery. Thank you. <laughs> I'm unimpressed here because I Google your name and I see it a highlight here. The voice fans angry. Avery Robertson was eliminated. What do you think about that? Was I angry that I was eliminated? Yeah, they were angry uh, you were eliminated. Well, I mean, I don't know why. It's just part of it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that I have fans in that area, you know. Cool that they wanted me to stay on the show, but I ain't, I ain't heard of that, so. And it says another another thing here. Avery, Avery Robertson is the newest sensation on The Voice. So they were giving you a lot of praise. Everybody up there was super nice, you know. Going into it, I was like really shy and nervous. And I was like, man, I was just hope I get one one chair. That's why I was telling everybody. They was like, man, you're going to get more than one. You know, I wasn't believing them because I'm surrounded by all this talent. It kind of blew my mind, the outcome. So it's cool to see that people was excited and believed in me throughout the whole, you know, whole show. So. You got your hair down a little bit. You look a little more relaxed now. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Your hair on the show, I mean, you look you look a little different. You look a little all, more blossomed or mature. Or I was all prettied up. You're all prettied I up? I was prettied up. They had makeup on me and everything. <laughs> they did? Yeah. How much makeup they put on you? I really didn't, I couldn't tell you. I don't even know what kind they put on me. I just know that we had to wear masks, you know, because of COVID. And they'd put makeup on us, and then we'd have to put a mask back on to go sit around, you know, to wait until we go up. And it would leave, like, lines on your face and they'd have to like touch it back up and i was like man that's pointless one woman she got the i don't know what it's called but it's like she was like you got really long eyelashes she was like i, I need, can i put some mascara she's yeah. like I, put, I was like no <laughs> i was like no i'm not trying to look like a female on stage but, <laughs> long eyelashes yeah now do you have you have native american in you a little bit on my dad's side i think yeah i'm not real sure of how much but a lot of people ask me that because your bone structure your face and everything you can yeah. tell Kind of got the square jawline because my right. family from from uh, Balsam, North Carolina. My great grandmother had Cherokee and her and the whole family lived on top of the mountain. Really, Lum did jewelry. They they had a cow every year. They had a pig every year. Each household did something different for the family. And actually, my grandmother, uh, great grandmother, lived to be ninety eight, living sustainable like that back in the day. But everybody in the family that lived up on top of that mountain had the same, that square jawline, you know, from the Cherokee side of the... I think that's what my dad has, his Cherokee, on his, I think his mom's side of the family, my okay. grandma. So you're from Rutherford County, Rutherfordton. Rutherfordton, yeah. I or say it right now. Dude, you said Rutherford, right? I, yeah, I just shortened it. I said Rutherford on the show. Rutherford. And they was like, why didn't you say Rutherfordton? And I was like, yeah, when you're on the spot like that... Yeah, you know, first time on TV, you, I was tongue twisted. I was like, I'm not going to try to look stupid and say yeah. it wrong, you know. So I just shortened it up. So, you know, I am from Rutherford County. Yeah. So and me, 
ironically, is from the same place. I had no idea of that either when we yeah. first first met. So yeah, so that maybe cool. there's some synergy there, and it's yeah. something was meant except, to happen. Except you went to East and I uh, went to Central. So <laughs> we, yeah, that was uh, we can be friends now. We're alumni, so yeah, we ain't gonna be sitting out in the parking lot and holding the flags up or nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on everybody to come out. Yeah, yeah what the hell y'all doing out there? <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I told Avery a story of when we had the rival basketball game, because it was a big game back then. We got out of school early, and we went up to RS with the whole team and had our East High jerseys on, and we sat on the hood of our cars when they rang the bell and all the students came out. I don't think the students like that too much. Trying to intimidate them. Yeah. Trying to scare them. I did have a good game then. They didn't do much of that kind of stuff when I was in school. I forgot which school it was. They did something to the football team's locker room or something like that. I want to say it was either Chase or East or something. Somebody burnt FU into the field or something like that. Oh, really? Like, like we gas and caught it on fire. But that was like my sophomore year in high school. That was crazy. Though. You were the, a wrestler? Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah I wrestled since eighth grade. In middle school, all the way to, but uh, yeah, I loved it. Like if I could go back now, that was my favorite favorite part, you know, in high school. Besides the cutting weight, because I'm already thin as it is. So when mm-hmm. I had to cut weight, it was a little rough. It was fun, man. You know, that's the only sport that I really. I've tried baseball. I mean, I like playing basketball, not like as a sport. Like I like physical. You know, football. I may have liked football, but wrestling. I don't know. It's something about it I liked it. You say cut weight. What weight class did you? Were you in? At the time, and I was almost the same height I am now, I lost, I had to lose a lot. I started off around 135 my senior year, and I had to cut down to 120 for one one match, and then 126 for the rest of the season. So the first time I cut weight. And you said you weigh how much now? Now, about 145, 150. 145, 150. You're a tall dude, too. I know. My metabolism, man, it's up there. It's hard to gain weight. For skinny, yeah. skinny guy, but it was hard to lose it, too. The first match we had my senior year, I went up to coach, and I was like, so I'm wrestling 132, right? And he was like, no. He's like, you're wrestling 126. And it was the next day we had to wrestle. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, you need to start running, like now. So I started running. I got in a hot bath and sweated out a bunch and went mm-hmm. to the sauna at the gym. And I was, I remember laying down like 2 o'clock in the morning, like starving. And I just stayed up for the rest of the night until I left to go over there. But I made it. It was like 11 pounds I had to cut that day. But it was tough. Wow, eleven pounds. But after you ate, like after you weighed in and you ate food and Gatorade and all that, you felt fine. So, and how'd you do? How was your record? That tournament went really well. I think I was a match away from placing. Holy Angels is what it was called, and it's a big wrestling tournament. I think I may have went two and two. 
because I got out right before I placed. But my senior year, I ended up winning regionals. The region qualified for state. If you get top four in regionals, you get you qualify to get a state tournament. And I got first at that one. Was a match away at state from placing. So, but it was fun, man. So you. Somewhat of an athlete. Were your your mom and dad athletic at all? Did you get that for any from them? My mom, I don't think she played any sports. She may have been a cheerleader or something, but my dad, he played baseball and football in high school. And where did he go to uh, RS too? He went to RS and Chase for a little while, but he he grew up mostly, I think, in Kansas. And then he moved back down. I mean, he was born here. And then he bounced back and forth from Kansas. And then he went to Central his freshman year and went to Chase's. Now, where's your mom from? She's from Alabama. Alabama? What part of Alabama? Huntsville, I think. My grandma lives on, I think it's called Sand Mountain. Sand Mountain. You know where that's at? I've heard of Sand Mountain. That's where uh, Jody Griffith's from. That's where my grandma lives, very top of it. My whole mom's side of the family lives in Alabama. Really? None of her family lives down in Rutherford County. Well, your mom, they may know Jody Griffith, and Jody Griffith is Darren Knight, Southern Mama's first cousin. Really? Right. She's from Sand Mountain, and then Red Squirrel is from, from Sand Mountain. She might know him then. She's lived there her whole life, pretty much. Interesting. So, because Red Squirrel's that's where Red Squirrel. You heard Red Squirrel? I've, yeah, I know that twangy voice. Yeah. <laughs> they, that she said that's where she gets her accent from. Sand Mountain. From Sand Mountain. I don't doubt it. My grandma, though, you wouldn't think she's from there, though. She's she's classy. She's oh, a classy she old woman. Yeah, she's Southern. You know, she's like. I don't know. She's got a southern accent, but she just dresses really classy and nice to be in Alabama. I'm not saying people in Alabama don't dress nice, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I figured. And what's her what's her last name? It's Boyston. Boyston. Yeah. So your your mom's maiden name, obviously. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. You just released a song, mm-hmm. Lord Have Mercy. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me a little bit about that process and We really didn't I didn't even plan for a while to put that out, like at all. I put Ring Tongue out. I planned on that one. You know, I was excited about that. I was writing with Andy Upton, one of my buddies, and we done we wrote a jingle or something like that for somebody. He just started like, I started humming something, and I'm playing some chords, and he was like, Lord have mercy. And I was like, I was like, stop. I was like, we're going to write that like right now. And we wrote that whole song. Like We stayed there for like three hours until we got it done. It ended up being pretty good, and I was like, he was like, man, you need to put an upbeat song out so people don't think you're just like, depressed and sad and that's all you like and i yeah. do i do like sad songs so, like a lot mm-hmm. but i was like yeah you know i need to put like a upbeat honky-tonk song out for people to have fun too so that's why i decided to record that one but i think people res- I, I mean that song we're going to put some promotion behind it i haven't really promoted it but i think now i can i was thinking about it today i said we should put some promotion behind it and get it out there you know i think it's catchy yeah you know it's like as soon as it comes on you want to sing the song right so it's it's that's the goal though. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want. Yeah. You know, and Ringtone was a great song too. Yeah, I love Ringtone. That one I love both of them, but And you got a third one here coming up. Tell us a little bit about the third song. The third song that I'm about to put out is called Alive. I wrote it with a buddy of mine uh, named Kanan Brock. He's at the house and we he had a whole story about how he wanted to write about something. And I was like, Okay. And I was like, Well, you know, you can cut that then because that's not really my my style too much, you know. And we ended up writing it, and it was something completely different than what we started off with. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, God, I was like, that's such a good song. I was like, I was like, but yeah, you know, still you can cut it, you know. And then finally, I just kept thinking and playing it, playing. It. I was like, man, I was like, I really want to, really want to sing that. Like, even if I just did a cover of it. And I told him, I was like, hey, if I was to come to your house and help you write a song, whether it takes three weeks or three months, 
you know, that you like, that you want to get it recorded. Because he's trying to get a song out and get started with music. I was like, would you let me cut a live? And he ended up letting me, let me use it. So I wrote yes. him another song. Me and him wrote another song, and he's going to be putting it out around the same time I am, probably. So when, uh, what? tell us a little, what's the story of that song? It's really about a guy that lo- really loved a girl. She ended up leaving him, and he left a note for her, and she just ignored it and all that, you know. He decided he was going to go drinking, you know, because he's all sad about it. He gets in a car wreck and dies. The second part is just him kind of, like, talking, like, to her as he's gone. Yeah. You know. Man, I'm excited to put it out. It's one of my favorite songs that I've wrote. I can't wait. So, so what's the tempo? It's like a medium tempo. It's not really fast, not really slow. It's definitely a sad song, though. It's it's probably a lot more sad than Ringtone was. Now, do you think you were made for country music? <sighs> yeah. Because, I mean, country music, I mean, it's got honky-tonk songs and stuff like that, but country sad, like sad country music, Yeah, that's where I, like, live at and stay. Yeah. I like writing happy songs, too. It's just... For some reason, that's always came natural to me. And where, do you, where, do you, where do you pull that creativity from? If I don't have the experience that I'm writing about, like this song alive that I'm putting out, I don't have that experience, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you put yourself in a situation, like you put yourself there, like you're telling a story and you're imagining you, that being you in the story, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that helps you relate to it if you put yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's how I always write songs. Like I always try to put myself like, what if that was me? Like, if this was me, how would I feel? What would I want to say? And then I write it. Now, in school, relating that to school, did you make good grades in school? No. We ain't got to talk about Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you seem like you're a very intelligent guy. I mean. Well, I mean. The, my junior and senior year, I actually started trying to buckle down and uh, do better. But freshman and sophomore year, man, I goofed off a lot. And, uh, you know, with friends, and I wasn't taking it serious. And then my wrestling coach was like, man, you got to start. Because he was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to have to start, you know, buckling down and trying to do better on your grades if you want to keep wrestling. And I was like, yeah, I guess I better do that because I, I really like wrestling. So my freshman and sophomore year, I kind of lollygagged around a little bit. Lollygagged around? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do in elementary school? Probably the same thing, honestly. Even worse. Do you think yeah. you were bored of school or what was it? Oh, yeah. Like schoolwork, I didn't, I mean, nobody likes schoolwork. Some, yeah. some people do, I guess, but I didn't. But I loved being there. Like now looking back, then I was like, like, at that time, I was like, man, I'm ready to get out of here. Like, I'm ready to graduate and stop. I'm done with it. And then when you graduate and look back, you're like, man, like, all I really had to do was go do some work and hang out with friends and go to wrestling practice and football games. And it was mm-hmm. fun. I think sometimes intelligent people, right, you know, to really get the full intelligence, I think you have to be doing something you love to do. Yeah. Music's one of them, though, so... Yeah. So I, where do you get that? Where do you get that structure? Is that just self-taught, or you just listen? I mean, I know you're an absorber because you don't say much. You yeah. listen to everybody. Where does that structure and that that little work ethic come from? It's like, it's just kind of like what you said, man. Like if you're passionate about something, you know, whether it's drawing or playing a sport or something that you really want to be good at because you love it, not just because you want to be good at it. You know, mm-hmm. like it just gives you that. Like if you see. It's like working hard. Like when I write a song on paper, you know, and I, I come up with a melody on the guitar and then I take it to the studio and then it turns into an actual song. And just to see that kind of like change, mm-hmm. you know, and know that you, you're the one that's doing it. And it's like people enjoy it. That just, that gives me the drive, you know, like, cause I love doing it myself, but when other people love the music and they're wanting more of it, that's what kind of like pushes me to like be better, you know? 
So what's your what do you see? What's your goal the next three years? The next three years, I always tell people. I mean, I'd love to do this and this be my only income. You know, that's that's one of the goals. The main goal is, I guess, for my name to become well known, but not the reason for me wanting to be all famous. And you know, like I live in Rutherford County, and I was just on The Voice for like three episodes, and I get asked to take pictures with all the time. Yeah. So that's not what I care about. I'm not that type of person. For people to know my name and like like my music, somebody from a different state is riding down the road and be like, "Hey, man, you've heard that new song that Avery Robertson just put out? Yeah, it's fire." Like that's what I want. I want people to like really love my music. So you know, and play for people. I love playing for people. So just keep on doing what I'm doing, pretty much, and hope I just get higher on the charts each time. Well, we we went out to dinner last night, and uh, you're on the phone a little bit. Do what? I said you're on the phone a little bit. On oh, that yeah. phone, what is what's going on with that phone? With your age, your age group. Well, you're uh, 21. What's up? What what's that world like? I mean, what are you just scrolling? Man. <laughs> what are you scrolling just for? Scrolling. I mean, you get on, <laughs> you get on TikTok, and it's hard to just. It's like sucks you in. Yeah, you just scroll on TikTok. I I can be on there for two hours. I have to stop sometimes. So, could you go without your phone for a week? I'm a like I'm a nature guy. I love to go fishing and hiking and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't really need it then, you know. Yeah. But like if I'm just sitting in my room and like I don't really want to watch TV, and you're so used to having that phone out, you say you can go without it for a good while mm-hmm. until you actually do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. At good. this at this time now, I think we're all just so used to having it. Because if I lose my phone for like five minutes, I'm like freaking out. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's gone. I mean, I don't need it. You know, when I go fishing or something like that, I put it up. It's just. Nice well, to have again. well, the reason I asked that is uh, we had this girl who was 22. I may have her as a co-host, a co-host in the future. And we were talking about, I said, what has changed for you? What thought process has changed for you through this pandemic deal? Did anything change mentally for, you know, a 21-year-old guy? For me? For you? It shows you. I mean, it does show you that, you know, you can be on, you can be distracted from things a good bit. When your family's like right there and, you know, you got one life pretty much besides after. It kind of like opens your eyes like, dang, you know, there's people passing away and we're all just sitting here so involved with technology and stuff when we really could just be going out and having fun together, like, you know, person to person. It shows you that in a way. It showed me that, especially when, we was, when I had COVID mm-hmm. like a year ago and we got locked in, you know, had to do the whole quarantine thing. Yeah. It helps you understand that, you got to make the best out of what you got, regardless of what situation it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we was bored to death, but we still try to have fun and play cards and sit there and tell stories or just, like, like, if the power went off or something like that, you know, cut the little lanterns on and get the guitar out and all sing. Just little things like that. It shows you that they matter a whole lot and you don't realize it. Well, when you go out, you know, we were out last night. Now, when you go out with your friends. Yeah. Y'all, if you out with two buddies or whatever, do y'all all three stay on the phone? No, no. If we go out, no, we're hanging out. Okay. But if we're just hanging around the house, that's what I'm talking about. I'm on the phone, that's for sure, gotcha. if I'm not playing a guitar. Because sometimes I'll go out and I'll look around the bar or whatever, and I'll see all these young people, and they'll be like, all looking down. I said, you got this beautiful girl or this good-looking dude. What if she's, you know, and they, they're not even paying attention to anybody. If they don't have nobody with them, I could understand that. But if yeah. they have people around them hanging out, like, what's the point of going out then? Yeah. So yeah, you know, we talked about Rutherford County, and what's it like being in a small town? I don't know what it's like to be in a big town. So I couldn't really yeah. tell you that. You know, I ain't used to living in a big place. You know, even like up here. Yeah. Down here, wherever you want to say. But uh, 
it's the same old, same old your whole life, but at the same time you love it. Like, I don't know why. I mean, I grew up there. All my family's there. That's the reason why I love it. We have like one bowling alley and a Walmart and our mall sucks. So yeah. you just adapt to it and go fish and play cornhole or be bored to death. So Now, have you made those Charlotte runs before? No, not yet. Not yet. Not Charlotte's yet. changed a little bit, though, since when I was in school. Really? Uh, yeah. You know, if I was your age, where would I go from Rutherford County? Maybe Asheville? I've been to Asheville. I used to work up there a little bit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What'd you do up there? It was a business or a company called Cooper Reese, mm-hmm. and it's like a mental rehabilitation center. It helps people that's having mental problems, you know. And I would, uh, I worked maintenance over there, so we'd go up to their. I forgot what it's called, but it's another building from Cooper Reese, and we'd go up there and do maintenance and all that. So. Is I've seen Asheville a little bit. Were you working a job before The Voice? Mm-hmm. I was going to school at Isothermal for welding. I was working that maintenance job at Cooper Reese. I mean, I love doing both of those too. Like the people at Cooper Reese are super nice. I love welding, even though it's TIG welding is tough and it makes me mad, you know, because yeah. you got to be like really precise with it. I love welding too. But as soon as they gave me the call that they fly me up there, I had to just be like, you know, you can't say no to that and you can't. You can't just go on leave for college because you'll fail your classes. You can't just go on leave for that job because they need you, need your help to cut grass or fix whatever's broken and all that. So I was just kind of like, well, I got to do what I got to do. Top deal. Can't say no to opportunity like it. And how much you how much you make an hour doing that over there? Yeah, I think like eleven dollars an hour. Oh, okay, what's that? What's that equal to a year? I have no idea. Forty forty hours. That's four forty. That's what twenty five. $30,000 a year, somewhere in that ballpark. You know, we you came on board with Bang Productions, and, and we're very excited about that. And we, we're working on the, the New South Country Music Tour. We have one date locked in for January 29th, looking at locking in um, January 15th in Jacksonville, rallying to Raleigh, and then possibly look, doing something before the end of the year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I mean, where would you... Where would you want to perform before the end of the year? Would you want to perform at home, or where, where would what would you want to do? If I had any place in mind, it would be either Pops Amphitheater we got down yeah. there, or, I don't know, Isothermal Theater, or some big bar like Coyote Joe's or Blind Horse, because it's always fun in there. It'd be a cool place to play. So. And Coyote Joe's is where? I think, if I'm not mistaken, Greenville. Greenville, South Carolina? I think so. I may be wrong, but I, I think it's in Greenville. I don't know where the Blind Horse is at. I forgot. They have a country honky-tonk here in Charleston. It's in Ladson, South Carolina. I can't remember the name of it, but it's a pretty pretty nice spot as well. Okay. We had to check that place out as well. For sure. So, and you, I know we talked about your mom and dad. Your dad is running for sheriff in Rutherford County. Yep. Right? And what does your mom do? She's a hairstylist. So okay. So, she, she works at a place called Cutting Up on Main Street. She's been cutting hair for a while, and she's good at it. But okay, cool. I'm always last in line. Oh, really? Everybody's like, you must be nice having a hairdresser, you know, your mom being a hairdresser and all. And I'm like, yeah, until, you know, it's the end of the month and your hair's growing over your ears and she's cutting everybody else's hair. Yeah. And you have how many siblings? Or you got a sister? Yeah. I have three sisters and a brother. Three sisters? Yeah. And a brother? Yeah. So y'all got a starting five. Y'all got a big family. We do. A huge family. I have, if I'm not mistaken, I think 18 nieces and nephews. So how old is the oldest sister? I'm wanting to say. <laughs> uh, it's hard to keep up with all this stuff, man, but she's in her 30s. Oh, okay. So I don't know, I don't know exactly. So you're the baby. I'm the baby, yeah. 
Oh, wow. I'm the youngest. So three sisters, right? Mm-hmm. And one brother. What does your brother do? He works at a place called Trailer Board. Okay, how old is he? And he is pretty sure in his early 30s, too. Early 30s. Yeah. So there was, was there a gap between you and the second youngest? The second youngest is uh, Candace. And Candace is my, I mean, I consider them all my siblings. You know, I don't, I'm just, but this is how it is. Like Candace is, my mom and dad had me and Candace. Okay. And my dad had uh, Heather, Jamie, and Kristen, my other three siblings, with another woman before my mom. Okay. So, you know. Gotcha. He had them when, at an early age when he was young. And then Candace, when he's probably like you know, late 20s or early 30s, and then me, I was the last one. So Now, are they, are all those, all the family in Rutherford County as well? Yeah. Uh, my whole dad's side of the family, they live in Rutherford. My mom's side, like I said, they're all in Alabama, like all of them. Not one of them lives down here. So do you go to Alabama a lot? You go down there a lot? You don't? No. We normally go every Christmas. Yeah. And go up there and stay like a night or two and eat Christmas dinner with them and open presents and talk and get up with everybody. But uh, we need to go start going up there more. We don't we don't get to see them enough, you know. Once a year. Are you, sound, you act like you're excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, though. I mean, like, my whole life yeah. has been that way. You know, I miss seeing my cousins and all that from up there and my grandma and uncles and all that. Yeah. So I really do wish we could go up there and see them more. But she came down for a night in the country and got to see me play, so I'm glad. They said isothermal seats 1300. Do you think we can sell that out? Possibly, I don't know. Might could get enough you know, push behind it. I mean, when you walk around town in Far City, they say, "Hey, there's Avery. There's yeah, Avery." Some people do, yeah. Really? And, wh- and where is your favorite place to eat in Rutherford County? Mipoblitos. Not even a question. Mipoblitos. Not even a question. That's a that's a staple. That's my favorite place. Now, do you ever go up to Lake Lure any? Sometimes we go up to a place. It's a it's called Ken's Rock. It's like a hiking trail that we used to go to and a big old look off. But I think they closed it down now. Mm-hmm. Like we used to go up there a good bit. Well, you know, me being from Rutherford County as well, I mean, we probably take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful place. I mean, it is. It is a pretty place. You know, yeah. There are some spots, in the lower ends. Yeah. But that are a little sketchy. But, you know, majority of it is pretty. And uh majority of the people's nice too. It's just, the things to do in the county is just not there. But if they was there, you know, we probably have more crime rate and all this and that that comes along with it. So, the tattoos, yeah, the birds. What does that? Represent. What does that represent? Okay, so my grandpa, my dad, and now me, we all sing. My grandpa started off singing bluegrass, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad, he sung country. And me, I sing. So it's like a three-generation, like, songbird type deal. And this, the other side over here? This is, I just like this. It has absolutely no meaning. I just like it. I, don't know. I got it when I was in high school. and That's like, it's like uh, Polynesian. It looks like Polynesian or that's something. That's something like the rocks got or something, man. Yeah, it? my dad calls me the pebble. He said, the, pebble. Yeah. <laughs> the pebble? The pebble, yeah. I said, you think you're rock. Yeah, because when I saw the one photo, the one photo that you got a lot of attention about, we should post that on the fan page as well. I'm thinking about it. Is uh, that's when I noticed the tattoos more. And is those the only two you have? Are you talking about a shirtless picture? Yeah, the shirtless picture. No, I have this one. This is the last one I just got. And it's a, it's a bro or flower with scissors on it. My mom's handwriting. You know, she's a hairstylist. I felt like if I should get something for my dad and grandpa and them, I should get something for her too. And you say bluegrass. 
Yeah. You know, the history of bluegrass comes from that area. We talked about Doc Watson mm-hmm. from West Jefferson, North Carolina. That's about, what, an hour and a half from Rutherford County, something like that. What do you think the sound is compared to other parts of the country? Is there a different sound with that bluegrass music? Is there a different sound with bluegrass? In in North Carolina, the North Carolina area compared to another part of the country, maybe Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's mean, got sure, bluegrass, right? Yeah, I'm sure they all have a little bit of a different style, you know? Yeah. But it's all based around the same thing. It's all, you know, okay. the the songs being wrote wise and how the music's played, it's all it's all kind of the same. But you know, there's different styles in every music. So we talked about some of the artists. You you're a studier of the craft. How how often what triggers you to wanna study someone you wake up one day and you what triggers you to go study a country act really if i just hear like if somebody shows me a song you know or if i if i'm looking through tiktok or whatever and some dude's like this is my original song y'all go check it out and it just like hits me you know if i just like it just from hearing that small clip then i'm like let me check this guy out you know yeah and i'll, I'll look him up and same way for like people that's already established that's on the radio but that i've not heard of yet if i hear him i'll just check him out to see if I like them or not. And you mentioned that one song to me last night. You thought the recording was really done well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. It's a, it's really a pop song. It's called Driver's License. There's a guy, and I just heard of him the other day. His name is Dylan Marlowe, mm-hmm. and he covered that song, and I like his version way better. And it, the, whoever recorded that song did a good job. So, What made you think that was a very clean recording? I don't know, man. It's just, I guess it was because... How they like converted it from pop to country, like you know, with the with the violins and stuff in this song and the strings and all that, they they changed it to like uh, steel guitar. You know what I'm saying? Acoustic guitar, and it's not as big as this, but it's like country sounding. And it's a guy's pr- perspective; it's not the girl's perspective in that song. Mm-hmm. So she's telling about how she's heartbroken because this guy got his driver or she got a driver's license and they broke up, and he's telling why he broke up with her. And how he's feeling about it, and it's good. Gotcha. The quality of it's pretty good too. So, so will the, and you're recording some of the music. You're recording some of your music currently in Roebuck. South, yeah. Is that South Roebuck, South Carolina? Will Spartanburg, right? Yes. Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's called Studio One Hundred and One. Studio One Hundred and One. Yeah. They do a good job. Right and that's there. Brad. What's his name? Brad, Brad Phillips. Brad Phillips. Yeah. Give Brad a shout out because they, they they do. did do a good job producing Lord Have Mercy yeah. and Ringtone. Yeah. They're, they're two good songs. They're great up there, man. They're. Everything, the musicians up there are great, and for it to be so, like, just an hour away, they're pretty solid. Now, how'd you find that place? Through uh, my buddy Andy and Aaron. They had a guy named Travis Inslee, which is pretty good. He's from the county, too. He recorded a song over there, and I was like, check his song out. You know, he just got this done at this studio, like, an hour away. And I listened to it, and I was like, dang. I was like, an hour away? I was like, I'm going to have to go check this guy out. And yeah. I did, and he did a did a great job, you know, on ringtone. Like, I was scared, obviously, going somewhere new. But when it got done, I was like, man. Yeah, like I'm, I was relieved. I was like, "Man, he did good." What is that? Uh, when you say you're scared, what is that? Where does that worry come from? Because you know, if you really believe in a song that it can do good, or if you if you want it to be as best as it possibly can be, you just don't like. It's like something about. It's like giving one of your kids to somebody that babysit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't have kids, but like that's how. That's it's like how giving up your first baby, firstborn. Yeah. It's like you know. Here, babysit my kid, and let's just hope you're not gonna, you know, pinch him or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But like, I don't know. You want to trust people because you know that they know what they're doing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, but I want it to be exactly how I'm imagining. How you envision? Yeah. It. And you don't want it to be something different. Well, I think you're built. I actually think you're a perfect build. 
for country music. I think uh, The Voice missed out uh, some executives or whatever. I think they, I think they missed. I really do because I don't. I've I've never seen a twenty-one-year-old guy as mature as you and methodically going through these songs, writing these songs, singing these songs. You know, I think you're. I think you're ahead of the game somewhat. You know, I mean, I think that's like I think what you have, you can't teach. Right, I think yeah. somewhat it's probably a natural thing in a way. You just, I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta love doing it. You know. Yeah. If you don't love it, if you're just doing it just to be cool, or you know, try to get girls or whatever reason that you're doing it, or just to make money, then you're you're still not gonna be like as best as you could be if you really like doing something. You know. Yeah. If you enjoy it, it makes it a whole lot easier. If you're out there, we bring this thing to a close. If you're out there, look for Avery Robertson on Instagram, Avery Robertson Music on Instagram, Avery Robertson Music on Facebook. We're building the YouTube page as well, so there will be content soon. We're going to be doing some music videos with your buddies, Aaron uh, Upton and Aaron Connor. <laughs> Aaron Connor and uh, Andy Upton. Andy Upton and Aaron uh, Connor. Connor. Yeah. Two nice guys, so we're looking forward to that. They did uh, Luke Combs' music videos yeah. and worked with him quite a bit, so I think that's going to bring a lot of value to the table. Yeah. I really do. I, I think they, those guys do good work. And uh, look for the New South Country Music Tour. We're going to be putting out, I think, hopefully 20 shows on the on, when we launch this thing. We'll, we'll put out the artwork, and it should have every you know show listed there. So the New South Country Music Tour coming your way soon in the South. Yep. And uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming to Charleston. Thanks for hooking up with us. I'm excited. I'm excited too, man. I'm ready, <laughs> ready to go. It's funny. Me and you kind of have the same demeanor. Yeah, we're we're actually probably more excited within. We just and we show, show it. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm excited about it though. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So this is Avery Robertson. Say his name right. And I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.